0: Hi, everybody. It's Nigel Jenkins of Laughing Heart Music and LHM Records. And today my guest is Denise Cole. Denise and I had a chat about working with youth through the mediums of art, culture and technology, finding healing through music, creating safe spaces and so much more. I hope you enjoy the chat. I certainly did. And thank you as always to our sponsors, MusicNL, the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and Nicoa for helping make this video series possible and today's cool t-shirt is brought to you by the one and only Jen Grant <laughs> okay let's get into the chat I hope you enjoy it see you soon all right so we're started awesome how's your day going Denise
1: it's going pretty good it's uh it's a nice summer day here so uh it's yeah it's just a good time to be in labrador
0: yeah we've been lucky here in steady brook this summer too we've had a bunch of unusually hot days it's like for it to reach 30 degrees in steady brook ever is a miracle and we've had like a stretch of them right yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's good days to be in the water
0: yeah yeah for sure um, so for folks listening or watching um, our mutual friend acquaintance Matt Barrett introduced us um, and he you know I've, I've been talking to Matt and I'm gonna interview him as part of this video series as well um, and he was telling me about all the cool work that you do there at SHIELD the Labrador Friendship Center for folks who who might not be aware of, of you or the or what you do at, at SHIELD can you tell them a little bit about Um, What it's all about you've got the banner there in the background, which is awesome (laughs) So they can they can read it for themselves if they like (laughs) But could you tell us a little bit about your, your work?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I'm the SHIELD Project Coordinator at the Labrador Friendship Center in Happy Valley Goose Bay, and SHIELD itself stands for the Sexual Health Information Exchange Labrador District, uh, which is a bit of a mouthful, uh, but the long and short is what we do is we use art, culture, and technology activities and events to create safe spaces for youth to learn more about sexual health and to uh, also look at uh, well-being in a very holistic way. Yeah,
0: so uh, can you dive into a little bit um, with with Art, Culture, and Technology, ACT, what, what it is specifically under sort of each of those three categories that you do with youth at the center there?
1: For sure, yeah. So we call it our ACT philosophy, right, that we yeah. use art, culture, and tech as uh, as these intersections, like young people, well, all of us are involved in at least one, if not more, of those parts of our culture and tech in our lives. And so we try to look at it as a very fluid, almost how we look at gender and sexuality. It's a very fluid thing. And uh, it becomes just empowering for young people to be able to express themselves through these different mediums. And then we kind of incorporate the sexual health education into that in a much more relaxed it's not stiff and scary like we're very sex positive so we want to be able to talk about things that people aren't feeling like oh i'm coming to this really heavy workshop instead they come to a really fun jam night for example and during that jam night somebody from public health is going to show up and we're going to do some demonstrations and we're going to go table by table with our our woodies and show young people how to put on external condoms the right way you know so uh it's pretty cool it's funny you mentioned
0: jam because i I think about when I was younger and my mom would like, break up my medicine and put it into some jam. And that's how she would feed it to me. And that's almost what you're doing with sexual health education.
1: <laughs> that is, is great. a great analogy. It really, <laughs> it truly is. Well, it's it's about, because uh, I mean, yes, young people are, you learning about sex ed in, in schools. Uh, I know when I went to school, uh, we didn't talk about sex ed really at all. I, I mm-hmm. went back, I, I'm dating myself by talking about the, when I went to school, there was still uh, religious education education uh, was sort of the deciding factor of what we were learning in school. Right. Uh, but by doing it this way, we're just finding not only are youth able to get good information and really solid supports and adult role models, they're also teaching us a lot. You know, like they are embracing the language and, uh, and learning in way more ways than some adults are. So having that two-way learning and really seeing youth as knowledge holders allows us a strength on both sides. And we have some fantastic uh, young people and the level of art and culture and tech that they're expressing, is just mind blowing. I, I always say I have the best job in Labrador cause I get to work with these incredibly talented people.
0: Yeah, I, I remember that from the last time we talked, you mentioned um uh looking at and engaging with youth as as knowledge holders and i really like that perspective how does that play out sort of functionally when when you know they're coming when young people are coming into the space and and when you're having you know activities and events with them
1: right uh, I think like the, the big one around health, and, and we talk a lot about this. We hold different, whether it's like sharing circles or just informal discussions during our events. And it's understanding that young people come with their own lived experience mm-hmm. and that they've already been living and dealing with things that sometimes us as adults uh, might shy away from or might hope that they're not having to deal with. I mean, Labrador has some of the highest rates of suicide. We know substance use and mental health issues are, are, are big issues that we're facing and our youth are facing them right along with us. So we need to acknowledge and, and respect them for that and what they bring to the table and, and what they can teach us about resiliency and courage and connecting and taking care of themselves and each other. And then when we bring in things like music, Uh, the art or like cultural practices and ceremony looking at your tech device where most times in classrooms or places they're told to put these away instead we say these are tools of how you use your voice and how you can express yourself so when they come here they're really honored for that like the skills that they bring the life experience they have and then it becomes youth led and adult supported that way so they teach us they direct how shield is going to go and what they want to learn and share.
0: It seems like such a much more positive um, perspective or way to deal with, you know, the cell phone thing in particular. I think about, you know, kids, I I understand in school in that setting, you want them to be paying attention and they're they're there to learn specific things. But also like that, that phone is going to be the tool that they use going forward and everything that they do. I think about, you know, I've got mine here. It's on mute because we're chatting and I want to give you my full attention. But I use that for 100% of my job. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't operate a music company in a rural location in Newfoundland and Labrador without a device like that. And I need to know how to use it well and properly and efficiently to be able to to run my business. So to just that little perspective shift, opening up a space for them where you're letting them use the tools that they have at their disposal as tools and encouraging you know proper use of them. That seems like just a great idea
1: (laughs) well it 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 kind of I mean part of it started from doing some research around what's happening in other places in Canada and what's working well and art-based stuff came back time and time again but also uh, music videos and mini documentaries and uh, photography and photo speak projects. Like all of these things rely on some form of technology or device to create. Yeah. And we're now in an age where it's no longer having your big bulky video camera or your, you know, your big Canon. Uh, camera which I have one but it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is we're all using these handheld devices so why not instead of seeing them as as problems really see them as expressions and you're right like there is a lot of industry and things now where you need to know these devices better than than uh, your books you know in yeah. all honesty So uh, I have young people who are, you know, they're creating their own music with nothing but their cell phone. And that to me is just amazing. So instead of us saying, well, you know, maybe you should pick up the guitar, which is great, too, if they're interested in that, we've actually had them up on stage where we plug them into some amps and, and let them just go at it. And it's just amazing to watch creation i mean because that's what's happening these youth are creating and then in the meantime i get to also have a conversation and introduce them to other uh, artists as well as role models and supports in their community so that when they're having a hard time and when the music outlet is not enough then they have social workers they can turn to they have other artists they can turn to they have me they you know they have these safe and caring adults
0: yeah can you talk about the role of mentorship sort of through the program and then maybe get into a little bit about why it's important for them to have uh local mentors people from labrador specifically who they see you know working in our artistic fields creative fields and and how that can have a positive impact especially on, on young people
1: yeah well many times we kind of I uh, look at the media and we see people from away are the success stories. And a lot of times we see keynote speakers coming in from away. Sure. And I believe that we can just look right around our own neighborhood and we find these stories. We find these amazing adults who want to give back to community and not always have uh, the means to be able to do that or the connections to do that. So with S.H.I.E.L.D., we have a volunteer screening policy that comes into play. Uh, but it becomes, you know, and getting back to the cultural side of what we do, you know, I work for an indigenous organization. I'm indigenous myself. And we look at ind- indigenous intergenerational skill sharing. And that's really what it is. So it's, it's breaking away from this sort of colonial mindset, like, uh, so only this class or this class or the 12-year-olds don't work with the 20-year-olds. Instead, we create the safe spaces where we are learning from each other and that creates a a fluidness or a full circle where youth and elders are not so separated and the generations in between are empowered to say, yeah, I have something to give both sides of this circle. And for young people to see those success stories right in their own community, it's motivating, it's inspiring. It it also gives that hope about what can happen and what I can do as somebody from a small town community.
0: Yeah, I think... uh, it's so important to see yourself reflected in the success of others and to see yourself, um, represented in, you know, the top music artists or industry professionals or visual artists or whatever. And to, to have that, to be able to, to think that it is achievable for you and from where you are. I mean, I, you know, for my, myself, it's something I have often thought about is like, my sense of place and and trying to build you know a big successful independent music company from Steady Brook, Newfoundland and Labrador. And I think part of the reason that I thought it was possible was because I saw uh, a, a local person from here, Brian Byrne, grew up growing up who was in big rock band I Mother Earth. You know there are these examples and there are lots of them from Newfoundland and Labrador artists, industry professionals who have have had great success and great careers and um. I think it's super important to see other people from where you are who you know you see yourself in doing those things in order to be able to believe them for yourself because I think what stops a lot of people from getting to whatever sort of the highest level of achievement they can they can um, arrive at for themselves are those limiting beliefs yeah. And I think part of what creates that is not not seeing yourself in other people who are doing the things that you might want to be doing.
1: Absolutely, so, and yeah. it translates over too, like um, of how that translates into other careers. You know, because sure. there's—I uh, mean, I work a lot with Labrador, <clears throat> excuse me, Labrador Grenfell Health, and I'm funded through the Public Health Agency of Canada, and, and also from the province through the Community Youth Network. And there's this. Uh, understanding that's starting to happen about how when youth are given these mediums to work through that different messaging can come out of it, you know, like, so we can create you know, films that talk about indigenous culture, but also can talk about holistic health, you know? So it, it, I mean, it's interesting. I have a young man working with me right now who has an interest in pursuing medicine after this and going to university. And right away, he's starting to see these interconnections of how what we do with our culture and technology also is so intertwined with health that now he's sort of seeing this job in another scope of how it's going to help him. And, and, and again, about the inclusiveness and the language and how we talk about things, because I work from an Indigenous lens. I'm also two spirits, so I'm, I'm really big about working with fluidness and inclusion and, and that respect. And when we start being able to really integrate that into our systems like healthcare and education, then it changes the environment that we can learn in and in the language that we use. And that's so critically important, I think, going forward. And for young people to feel like, um, you know, I go here for this support or I go there for this entertainment, they should right. be the same place. Like, it really should be the same place. And that's what we try to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. is that it's the same place that you go get help is the same place you go have fun.
0: Interesting. So how how does um, sort of the fluidity of being a two-spirit person affect the way you, you know, teach and engage with the youth who are coming through the center.
1: Well, a lot of it is about accepting responsibility Uh, for Mm. myself as a two-spirit person. It's really about my whole self being my authentic self. So it's it's not just about my gender and my sexuality. It's about how I live. And that responsibility I have is to be a role model to young people. And that's not just in my work life. That's in my everyday life. I also have a responsibility to my elders and to be walking my path in a good way that I can create that interconnectedness between these two generations how I bring that into the work here is, and I always say like, I'm I'm not an artist myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I know I have that ability to organize and to bridge and to bring things together that I've been taught, you know, through different teachings is very much a two spirit characteristic, like two spirits, before colonization used to be the ones who were taught to be medicine people who were be who right. were the adoptive parents who were given these really important roles of negotiation and you know peacekeeping that that I see have materialized in my life and it, and it becomes about balance, so I, I had talked before about uh, fire and water and how mm with two spirits for me is that I hold both fire and water, both masculine and feminine. And I use these two spirits interchangeably and and together. And the balance of them is allowing, you know, my fire to be in a strong place that doesn't put out my water you right. know that it doesn't dry that water up and the same thing that my water always stays in a place and balance that I don't put out my fire and when you find that there's really something that happens about being accepted as who you are mm. and with that means I also have that openness and that fluidness to accept anybody else where they're at too so when young people come in it's been some really powerful emotional moments when they realize I can be myself You know, that I'm gonna be asked what my pronoun is. I'm gonna be given a chance to express myself the way I wanna express myself, and that I can say who I am and you won't have any judgment. Instead it'll be acceptance. And I think that's really the world we all want to live in.
0: Well, and it's so important at that like really pivotal pivotal time in a young person's life too, from twelve to eighteen, where it's like you're you're developing your sense of self and your identity. And I know for myself growing up that wasn't always clear um and to feel accepted for for who you are no matter who or what you are it's like i i know i i got it from you in our our initial conversation i you know i felt um comfortable accepted the conversation happened really naturally um and i can only imagine that that must be uh so so helpful and so valuable for the young people that are coming through the center there to have someone like you in in the role of role model mentor and helping them through everything that happens in a young person's life.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. It's very humbling. They, they humble me really. I'm always grateful every time someone comes and connects with, with what we do because it really is it it's knowing that they'll take the space and make the space there. So I always say I'm the kind of the one who feels privileged to be able to, to be in a place to just to, to learn and grow and create these safe spaces and then to see what gets created. Like we did a Voices for Change project uh, last year that involved uh, you know 16 students or young people on stage performing music with three local uh, recording artists here. And uh, it just, I mean, it was a show that people brought tears to their eyes. And we had an MC who was a young comedian. And so there's lots of times it was some sort of these roars of laughter. But yeah. we also had young people who were visual artists who set up their own art exhibit, working with an art therapist here in the community. And uh, I remember at one moment just sort of sitting in the audience when it was all dark at the uh, the Lawrence O'Brien Art Center and thinking to myself, like, holy, like, the amount of energy and passion and creation power that young people have, how could we not as adults and agencies and systems of support, make sure that this environment exists for them. And, and so it's, uh, it really validates the work that we do. The, what they create validates what I, why I'm here.
0: And that would be so meaningful to build sort of a, you know, a stage show from, from start to finish at a young age and to be able to pull that off in a, you know, in a way that you're presenting it to your, the public and to your community um, I I still think about, you know, shows I played when I was in junior high and high school and how formative those were. I mean, I, I ended up working in the music business probably because I played in bands when I was 14, you know, right. I'm, I'm sure, uh, the, the activities that you're leading now are going to set young people on the paths that they will then walk for the rest of their lives is, it's, it's pretty big responsibility you got
1: well <laughs> uh, it's uh, like i said it's always humbling and then there's those goosebump moments right right mm. when you hear someone playing or singing or they show you an art piece they've created or they they tell a story you know uh from their culture and yeah you just kind of stop and go there's something really important happening right now and i need to pay attention and bear witness to this mm. Uh, and then it's, it's cool. I've been doing sort of nonprofit, you know, youth type work for the better part of 20 years now. And, uh, so there's some youth I've worked with who are adults and have families right. of their own and who've reached out and we're still connected. And, uh, so yeah, I always say, I, I love knowing that I get to watch you grow up. Like, I feel like I'm planting seeds for our future and, uh, I get to kind of, you know, help open up the soil, but it's really they become the gardeners and uh, I just get to go, Hey, look what I got to be a part of. And yeah, uh, shield is really about that. And then when you get into the parts about knowing that you're helping young people learn about health in a really holistic way so that they understand how they take care of their minds then impacts their bodies and mm-hmm. how they work with their spirits, you know, impacts their health and when it comes to sexual health, this idea that uh, if I care about myself and I feel passionate and I have a purpose then I'm going to look to protect myself. Because like I said, we're sex positive, this idea that we're going to tell young people don't have sex or that's, that's not realistic. <laughs>
0: <Good luck>. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but I could also go into a, a room and a space and talk about uh, 50 different ways to use condoms and the importance yeah. of safer sex. But if a young person or any person, any of us doesn't feel like we have a sense of purpose or worth, why would I want to protect myself? Why would I protect mm. someone else? So we create those spaces where you feel valuable. And, and then when you feel valuable, You want to take care of yourself, you want to take care of your friends, you want to treat people with the same respect that you're being treated with. So we get into some, you know, some heavy topics, like I said, but it's in the same space they can have fun. So we can talk about relationship violence, we can talk about consent, Mm -hmm. you know, we can talk about suicide, we can talk about uh, substance use all of those things interconnect with our sexual health as well. So the same way we look at our culture and technology as being this huge just uh, platform of things to get involved in, we see health the same way, and they're all pretty much living in the same circle. And that, to me, is the strength that S.H.I.E.L.D. brings and why we continue to have people come here and young people continue to take the lead.
0: How do you you help young people find their sort of sense of value and and self-worth because that's that's not just something that young people struggle with that's everybody i mean how 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 are you helping them to to find that within themselves
1: i think it's a lot about creating the space right where they can just be yeah most young people go to places where there's always expectations i mean us as adults every place we go to there's an expectation on us you know what to do how to behave how to talk uh, are you going to be graded for this? Are you going to get paid for this? You know, right. like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll give you the example. We had uh, youth drop-in after schools at one of the local high schools here. And uh, it was up to the youth for them to decide, what do you want that space to look like? And in my objective, in my work plan, it was they were going to create a governance model on how we were going to organize and plan activities in these drop-in spaces. They all came back to me and said, shield is the only place we get to come where nobody's telling us what to do right and i went all right you've just decided your governance model which is there is no governance model here. Get <laughs> to come here and yeah. so i i would bring piles of stuff like painting supplies and instruments and uh, virtual reality goggles and it would just be a pile of stuff so come and do whatever you want bring your own thing if you want to do that and that's literally what happened people would just come and hang out and And when you look around, it's harder and harder to see those hangout spaces for young people.
0: Mm.
1: You know, like I, growing up, had a pool hall I used to go to. I I know that does not exist in Goose Bay right now, nor does that exist in very many communities. But there are some youth centers in Labrador that are doing some great stuff, no doubt about it. Uh, But we need more of those spaces where... You can be yourself, you can find yourself, you can explore what you're interested in. And if you don't like that, you can try something else. And I think when you start to do that, young people start to know that they get to be the decision makers of right. their own activities. And that's where the self-worth starts to come in. Nobody's trying to pressure them or say, this is what, you're, this is what an adult is supposed to look like. I mean, right. most of us have changed careers and directions and tripped yeah. up on this life path <laughs> and got back up and brushed ourselves off. So we right. talk real. And that's the other thing I think is we talk real. Like I'm a recovering addict. I'm really open about that. Uh, I'm two spirit. I'm really open about that. I allow young people to be really open to talk about who they are and that that's okay. That's okay for them to do that.
0: Right. So you're, you're accepting them, you're empowering them. They can show up as, as who they are and they're already worthy and valued just, just for being there. You got it. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) I think that's what we would all like in every space that we show up in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How do, how do we make safer spaces out of all of our spaces? I guess is the, the, right. question, the question and the work, not the right. uh, rhetorical question. I don't expect you to uh, have an answer. <laughs> and,
1: but I think it's asking yeah. them the question too, right? Like right. now I go to spaces and I know it's a safe space when somebody says – Uh, you know so what's your name what's your pronoun you know when someone makes it okay for me to be who I am in my own skin you know Yeah. and I think we need to all work more on that inclusive language and to understand whether it's uh, genders or sexual spectrums but also the diversity of culture like we're in a time of reconciliation and, and so how we talk about culture how we honor newcomers who are coming to our communities how we recognize the first peoples in our communities where settlers are Able to fit into that space and feel safe as well. Like these are all things that when we start asking the questions and making it okay to have respectful open dialogue that uh, then that it, that it starts to, to really show up. I mean I had youth come together at a big summit last summer and it was 24 indigenous youth all from different parts of Labrador and one of the biggest things that they used to say was this idea that we had Métis and Inuit and uh, Innu all together in the same space and there was no Anima you know there was none of that uh what happens sometimes in political forums and that to me that's about how you create those spaces where people can honor each other and, and learn about each other that way too
0: yeah you know it's interesting i think you know for me personally and probably for other people i think one of the barriers to dialogue is just not wanting to ask a stupid question being afraid of asking or saying the wrong thing right um and it's something I'm I'm working on, and I, I hope I'm getting better at. But, um, you know, it I makes think-
1: me uh, think of a, an activity we do actually. Yeah, uh, that's interrupted there. Sorry. No, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we call it the snowball fight. Then, so what we do is everybody gets a sheet of paper, and you get to write down any uh, sexual health or or sex question that you want. Any questions you want. There's no wrong way to ask it. There's no wrong words. And uh, you can write that down and then everybody balls up their paper into (laughs) snowballs and we throw them all around everywhere. So they get completely mixed up. Right. Last one anymore. And then we open them up and we make sure we have the people in place. So having some public health people there who can, you know, if there's a cause there has been questions that have stumped me. And uh, I've made it my living to make sure I know (laughs) a lot of this stuff. But because all of a sudden they're able to ask questions in a really safe environment like that, you'd be amazed at the things that they have asked us and that we've also answered and didn't go, Mm. oh, you shouldn't be asking that. Instead, we went, okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. And to see their expression when they go, oh, really? We're actually, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, let's talk about it. Uh, you know, I've said in some places, if uh, have somebody who didn't understand SHIELD walk in and see like 30 young people with dental dams up to their faces learning how, <laughs> what, what they are, it would yeah. be a pretty strange sight to walk in on, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and these are the same spaces that we are breaking out the instruments, and that we mm. are doing the the painting and the creation and and making films. And yeah, I'm just I feel really blessed. So it's it's pretty cool work. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I, again, it's like I love that the 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 music and the art and the creative stuff is the like jam that you're getting that that medicine and that knowledge in with.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah,
0: it's a great approach. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I see I see a bunch of instruments sort of behind you, and I know that. Um, you've availed of some funding from use accounts um, to, to help sort of sponsor what's going on there. Can you talk about sort of how, how that's worked for you and sort of what you've been able to access through their programs?
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, music counts. Uh, we were just so uh, fortunate that they had actually uh, been reaching out to a place in the community and had reached out to the Labrador Friendship Center. And uh, when we saw the application for their community grants, it was like, okay, well, well what can we do? It was like, and we got $25,000 and decided that we would do a wish list of high end instruments so that young people can come in and play these high end instruments and uh so we got like you know fender telecasters and uh and really top of the line les pauls and and i'm again not a musician uh my partner would probably be chuckling at me now because uh like she is
0: <laughs> yeah well you're, na- you're naming um, all the right gear <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool perfect
0: all the good stuff uh, yeah <laughs>
1: and got really good like a really solid drum kit and the digital piano and then all of the amps and stuff to go with it nice. and all the cables and the microphones and the instrument uh the uh, instrument microphones i'm learning there's a difference between the two uh and we also got a 24 channel mixer and our nice. goal is to not just be able to have them experience music but to let them create and produce and start to record their own. So we haven't actually recorded anything through the mixer yet. Uh, Again, these are where the artist role models really come into play because they're the ones who come in and help me do this work, so uh, I've been really, really blessed that way. We're hoping to like talk you into we're gonna get you to the big land at some point. To do I hope some so. with us uh, because we know that there's young people here who are already creating their own things. They're developing their own YouTube channels. Uh, but yeah, Music Counts jumped on board. And we were really stoked about that. So we have everything stored properly. Matt has been helping us out a lot and, and Jamie and all the crew at the uh, the Lawrence O'Brien Arts Center and having that strong community partnerships. That's that's the other thing that's been really helpful with Shield is that groups see what we're doing and we're going out building those relationships. So we really, I mean, in the past year, we've had over 50, 46, I think it was, I had to do my year end reporting uh, the other last couple of months ago. Yeah. And and we have like close to 50 different. Different agencies that have partner with us on a regular basis everyone from like five wing goose bay to you know places on the other side of Canada it's just it's pretty amazing
0: yeah that's awesome yeah. I, I we were talking about the gear during our, our, our pre-production conversation for this and I was uh, envious of <laughs> everything they've got access to up there
1: Right. It makes me think of a young, there was a young fellow who came to, we had a, a Winter Slam and that was a big mixture of all of these art, culture, tech, sexual health stuff and we had, it was the first time really getting the instruments out and uh, he sat down to the uh, the Ibanez bass, I think it was, and and just didn't let go of it the whole night. And uh, so when we had evaluations, I kind of, you know, sort of knew when it was his and it was. I got to play this bass. Uh, <laughs> same thing having young people who would pick it up and go, "Whoa, this is a Les Paul, and yeah. it's okay. For, it's okay for me to play this." Because again, that's how we show that we honor their worth. You know, yeah. we're not picking up, you know, twenty cheap as dirt guitars so that everybody kind of you know it's it's really about so you're gonna you're high quality so we're gonna make sure you have high quality stuff to play even if you've never you know played a thing in your life like me
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny i i'm just remembering um i think i was in eighth or ninth grade here and we got to do these uh school trips out to different like universities and colleges in the area and you could pick which one you wanted to visit with and i went out to stephenville because they had a music program there at the time and i wanted to go check out what was happening there and they had this paul reed smith electric guitar which is another like really what what santana plays so i was like blown away by this instrument and they let me pick it up and they and they let me play it and do a bit of recording with it and it was just like the coolest thing yeah. that had happened to me at that at that age um getting to you know play real gear and record using real hardware and software um
1: Right. Yeah, we have the the Labrador Creative Arts Festival here, uh, and I'm under uh, the planning committee as a way, again, to sort of connect with what we do. So uh, the last year's festival, we set up an acoustic quarter in the arts center and had, in the course of the five nights that they were there, had like close to 300 young people come and play these instruments. Ukuleles are a big, big thing with young people. And uh, so yeah, being able to just pick up stuff and play. So as soon as there would be an intermission or there was actually young people who knew it was gonna be there all week, were coming early. And then they would have to like, Matt and them would be like, okay, like people have to leave. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and that's what it was just uh, creating that space, but also being able to, like you said, take it up on the stage. I mean, Creative Arts Festival, if you've never experienced it is just amazing because youth write their own plays and then produce and create them with teachers' help. But some of the messages that they're bringing up on that stage that they're developing themselves, because I, I think that's what can be different sometimes from other uh, theater festivals, is that you always take a play that's already been created. Right. And uh, for them to write their own things, to put their own music to it, to decide what they want uh, the light and the tech to look like. So it becomes a huge part of that role modeling, too. So I've really, like I said, it's been amazing to see how these things interconnect
0: yeah yeah so can you tell me a little bit just about how you, you you mentioned earlier in the chat you've been at this sort of work for 20 years what what set you on this path what got you started in youth work social work yeah and, and using the arts for that
1: absolutely that's a i don't know if i've ever been really asked that question so that's uh pretty much uh i had uh, like i said i mean i'm, I'm a recovering addict but uh, had been an active addiction from a very young age a lot of you know, trauma and things in my upbringing and kind of left high school with this intention to go to university at the same time my oldest brother had passed away in and, in a, you know, a tragic way that I, none of us were expecting and it really threw a monkey wrench in my entire plan and I just ended up kind of working bars and retail and just all that kind of fell off to the side and I was also in Stevenville. I had spent uh, about nine years, I guess, out there. I got out there to go to cooking school <laughs> And had uh, finished cooking school, and the same day that I had finished up, I was offered a job at a local restaurant, but I was also offered a job by an agency called Communities and Schools, and it was a creative arts youth project, and they identified me as a writer and invited me for this 31 exploration of the arts. The pay was ridiculous. It was 150 bucks a week. Luckily, I had a partner who was working <laughs> better than I was, so yeah. we could stay afloat. <laughs> Um, but in that 31 weeks, I was exposed to all kinds of different forms of art. I got to uh, shadow Jerry Doyle with Steve Theatre Festival. It got me really interested in directing and how things come together and how you can use all these mediums to really empower people. And I also had a chance to start doing some work at a local middle school. And uh, just, I fell in love with this idea of bringing together our talents and using it as a way to find a sense of purpose and to mm. grow. And uh, so the next year, I was able to work at that middle school for two more years and just kept doing that kind of work. I started working a lot with uh, youth at risk and environmental things and life skill development. And uh, that just kept growing until uh, I was working with a lot of Mi'kmaq elders and guides and really starting to find myself then and realize like I needed to clean up my act and really, you know, get mm. my stuff together. And it was them who told me uh, I had been going to the Flat Bay powwows and going to sweat lodges. And they said, uh, You have a path in Labrador and you need to go home. Hmm. And I didn't really understand it at the time. My whole life had kind of disintegrated at at this point. Everything, you know, they always say you hit that rock bottom. and, And so that's where I was at. And I came home here. And it didn't take very long before I got back into the nonprofit world. But at the same time, I also really put myself into land-based healing and uh, got sober and um, just didn't look back after that. So it's, uh, that's what brought me here. This is my intention. This is my purpose. This was the path that I was always supposed to be on. Right. I just got lost along the way for a while.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. What, um, you said uh, land-based healing? Yeah. What, can you explain that or unpack that for me?
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, so usually we look at, and this will bring up another thing that's called two-eye seeing and how we look at things. So there's a colonial sort of Western world way of medicine and things, how they have been done. And I integrated that, so I did go to counseling. Uh, you know, I do work a 12-step program, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Uh, but then there's another eye seeing that comes from a land, indigenous place and that there's a lot of wisdom and knowledge in in ceremony and in sacredness Mm -hmm. so for me the land-based healing was literally putting myself out onto the land i the the brother i referenced i had lost him to a drowning in the river that i've actually uh over the past 10 years have uh, done a lot of land protection work around That's led me to a whole other path of things if you google my name (laughs) 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 um So I started taking ceremony and had a a guide, and when I say a guide, that's an indigenous guide, that's someone who walks an indigenous path and who also is sober and, and, and sees that as a part of purpose. And so started doing ceremony on the river with him to honor my brother and to be able to let go of the the trauma and the hurt that I was carrying about that. And then that leads to like, I'm an Eagle whistle carrier. I also am a hand drum carrier. I hold medicines and do a lot of sacred ceremony of of smudge and and things on the land. And for me, the land-based healing was literally going out to the land, going out to the water, allowing myself to connect with mother earth and creator and the spirits and my ancestors in a very deep and real way that sometimes people don't always get, but that's okay. They always, you know, allow me to, to be who I am. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time today, Denise. I've really enjoyed the chat, but I'd love to hear uh, anything about sort of projects that are in the works at S.H.I.E.L.D. and then, you know, if people have been sort of moved by what you've said, which I expect they will be, uh, are there ways that they can contribute or, or be involved either, you know, in the community or, or from wherever they're, they happen to be living?
1: Oh, definitely. So we do have a website. It is on the, the poster back there. Yeah. Uh, but it is. Uh, so just do a search. We're on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And on YouTube, we have a channel that's got some amazing uh, videos up to go check out. And uh, just do a search of LFC, as in Labrador Friendship Center. S.H.I.E.L.D. Project and uh, you can find me through any of those sites. Uh, You can also sort of seek me out. I always say I am Denise Cole on Facebook. The face you see will be mine. (laughs) Uh, There are a lot of Denise Coles in the world apparently but (laughs) 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 so it's and certainly, I mean, feel free. I can give you my information that you can post when you when you share the episode. Uh, Absolutely. Some of the stuff we have going on, COVID really put a monkey wrench in our plans. We would have right now been revving up for our uh, our annual summit. That would have been the summer. And so that's unfortunately not gonna happen, but we are moving into a virtual world. So we're gonna be doing some, we're hoping to call them shield shows. So uh, we're kinda looking at what that could look like online. So with that, we will want, again, these artists role models to contribute and uh, definitely, I mean, for young people to also engage in that. And uh, then going into the winter, I am working with some really interesting partners and we haven't uh, made any announcements yet. So this will be the first inklings of uh, doing a Labrador tour where I will go out into communities and stay for a few days and host some events. But the goal of these events will be to bring young people and adults together so that they can host events after I leave. Right. Uh, Because it's always about sharing the gifts. Like I am not uh, the one person who does all of this, I just go and uh, light a fire and and encourage other people to keep throwing wood on it. And uh, so that's, uh, I mean, we look for volunteers, people can make donations, they can uh, contribute any of their skills. So like, you know, the stuff we talked about, about uh, having somebody help with recordings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways. So just get in touch with me and and, uh, we can go from there.
0: Great. Okay. Well, just one sort of silly, fun question to uh, cap off the conversation. Um, Since we're in the era of COVID and Zoom chats and webinars, uh, if there was any living artist, creator um, that you could have a one-hour Zoom chat with, who would it be and why?
1: Yeah, I so love that you had included that as a question. I I was (laughs) thinking about it. And I have to say Jack Johnson. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, he's one of my favorite uh, musicians. Yeah. And actually, whenever I'm having a down day, Jack Johnson is where I go. Uh, and he has such cool ideas, like around mm-hmm. how he sees the world and environment. And he's like mm-hmm. just the most relaxed individual. Uh, and I love that he has, he puts off this festival every year that supports a, uh, a literacy nonprofit charity that he started up and, uh, and uh, the last thing that always really stuck to me is that most of his albums always has a love song number something uh right and that's something that he's done for his wife over the years that he mm. always writes this one song for her so he just strikes me as like the coolest guy i would love to sit and just you know hang out with him and hear what he thinks of the you know the world and the, the, you know the way that i like to share kind of way
0: yeah, I uh, I was a huge Jack Johnson fan growing up, still am. And I love that he he had his music and he had his record label and there was the environmental component and then he's a big surfer. It's yeah. like what a what a cool dude.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 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 Like I said it's always cause I I can get pretty intense and I'm really passionate about things as you can tell. So uh in my downtime being able to just kind of like relax, like I'm one of these strange people who like put on my earbuds when I go out snow blowing in the middle of the winter and just listen to Jack Johnson really loud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's a funny contrast to think about being in, in Labrador listening to Jack Johnson.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's great though. Uh, well, Denise, thank you so much for making the time today. It was a, a pleasure chatting with you again. Um, I'm going to uh, jump off now. Before I do, I'll also thank uh, Music NL, the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and ACOA for sponsoring the video series. And I think, uh, Denise, I'm going to send you another link so we can maybe have just a follow up chat unrecorded here when, uh, when we jump off, if that's cool with you.
1: That would be awesome. This has been a pleasure. So thanks so much for sharing space and energy with me.
0: Yes. And thank you for, uh, for sharing as well. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to chat with you again in just a minute.
1: (laughs) Sounds great. Okay. Talk soon. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.